Welcome to the 55-1 podcast special expansion draft <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we are, uh, my name is Wes Berdine, and uh, I'm joined by Jeff Reuter. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Wes. It's been, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind day um, covering the, the expansion draft. I took off of work so that I could be here, um, and it was definitely worth it because it was oh just, God. it's been a blast. Um, we uh, we have a special guest with we we just spoke to Amos McGee post draft and he's the director of player personnel um, for Minnesota United and uh, you know got a great insight into how he thought the day went. Um, we'll listen to that in a bit, but um, let's just uh, let's just start with your general reactions to the draft. We'll we'll go specifics later, but yeah. uh, I feel really good about it. Actually, I, I think. Because we put out mock drafts throughout the last two weeks, which were all wrong. Yeah. Very I mean, comically wrong. Did you, did you get any players right? No. Okay, I think only one... Doyle didn't either. You yeah, didn't. Only one person from Minnesota, from 55-1, uh, Alex Schieferdecker, picked Jeff Attenella. And um, uh, Mohamed Saeed, I think. Oh, and he did. Okay, mm-hmm. so there we go. He got two two people. So he will be doing our mock super draft. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think... I mean, I don't think anyone across the country doing these mock drafts got more than one or two right but i actually i feel fine about that i mean we'll talk about the individual moves there's a couple of these that really stand out as slam dunks to me um looking at what they acquired i think that they they acquired three starters um somebody who can be a regular substitute off the bench and then a prospect who eventually who knows could be like a patrick mullins type target forward up top i'll let you guess which one that is yeah and i think that um Part of the, doing the expansion drafts and part of this is just the excitement about players are coming. You know, we've got almost a completely new squad that's coming in. And there's a lot of, it's just fun thinking about that, looking at players and doing your Christmas shopping uh, and dreaming. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what makes this kind of a blast. Um, we're, we, but before we get to Amos, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of the, the news leading up to this week. Joe Greenspan, a center back for, uh, from, Colorado Rapids uh, is traded to Minnesota United, and um, and we do ask Amos about that. But what's what's the deal with this trade? He's uh, he's somebody who hasn't really had a chance to prove much in MLS, and that's out of his control. He's not like a player who's you know dealt with injuries, uh, who's been on the bench because he just wasn't good enough. But he was somebody who had a naval duty, mm-hmm. and uh, they he was able to get clearance to be moved to the reserves uh, of the Navy. And so now he's able to focus on professional soccer. Hopefully, he's a six foot six center back. He's 24 years old. Um, he started twice in uh, league play in 2015 when he was around, and um, I think that he's somebody who. You know, maybe won't start right away because he's about two years out from playing regular soccer. But you know, that's the kind of player that you hope to find in an expansion draft, and they were able to get him in advance before the expansion draft. So, in a sense, they got a sixth pick. Yeah, the uh, the scouting report from various people who are, who would know uh, well um, was remarkably similar. Uh, this guy, his feet aren't that great. He's not that great with playing with the ball at his feet, but he's very smart, very big, and physical, um, and so. That's a, that's a good sign. Also with this, and you, you kind of reported this uh, today on Twitter, uh, Joe Greenspan comes, and part of the deal, it sounds like... Uh, it's a... Uh, well, that sounds a, like we, we have confirmed it. Is. It is. No, we've confirmed it with <laughs> good sources, but uh, what it sounds... I keep wanting to say it sounds like. Yeah. What ended up happening was that Minnesota traded a third-round pick in this year's Super Draft for Joe Greenspan. There was also a gentleman's agreement that... 
as a part of this to kind of sweeten the deal for Colorado, who, for whatever reason, uh, decided they could part with Greenspan, Minnesota would not select any of their players that were left unprotected in the expansion draft. And a guy like Jared Watts, uh, center back, uh, who played a lot for Colorado, uh, was surprised people by being unprotected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they could have they could have always taken him. Uh, the other thing is that in just today, um, Tim, not Tim Ream, Taylor Twelman tweeted out Tim Ream could be coming to Minnesota United FC. Uh, I kind of dug around a little bit, and it, it sounds to me that um, Tim Ream's salary demands are, are basically double what uh, what Minnesota would value him at, and and kind of what I think I would value him at. Yeah, he's, um, he's a player I would say is like a Matt Beasley level, um, maybe a little bit less, honestly, because he doesn't have as much league experience uh, anymore, and uh, he doesn't have a set position between yeah. I'd take and Ream, back. Yeah, I'd take Ream over or Beasley, but... But Beasler, uh, to, to finish the point, is on $660,000 a year, right. um, and that seems about fair for Tim Ream, and the, the number that we heard was not close but there to are that. But there are people that will take Ream uh, for that price. He will go to maybe back to the New York Red Bulls, something something like that. Um, and so let's, that, let's then, that's, that's kind of the news coming up to this. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk to Amos McGee, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll do our, um, our post-draft thoughts uh, after that. Uh, this is Wes Berdine, uh and Jeff Gruder from 55.1 Podcast, and we are joined by Director of Player Personnel, Amos McGee, also Minnesota Thunder legend. Um, thank you for being here. You've had a busy day, busy week. Yes. Busy month. That's been all of that, all of the above. Um, yeah, and, and you know, for the first stage, I think, that we looked at sort of culminated a little bit um, today, and that we made a pre-draft drill. Uh, pre-draft deal for a center back, a guy named Joe Greenspan, who we feel very, very excited about. And then we uh, came back and, and selected five players in the expansion draft, one of which we traded, and we feel great about the five guys that we have. Let's actually start by talking about Greenspan here. Um, he's a, a young center back. He's had naval duty over the last couple of years, which has kind of kept him out of Colorado. So what did you see um, in Greenspan that made you want to try to bring him in? Well, full disclosure, I had him <clears throat> in D.C. with the D.C. United U23s, and I thought he was one of the best college prospects I'd seen, uh, at, you know, working with PDL and U23 teams over the last maybe 10 years. Um, but we also knew that he potentially had five years of naval duty, um, and, you know, we just didn't see how we could spend a, a first-round draft pick on him because we thought highly enough of him in D.C. that, uh, you know, potentially we could have done that. And then we thought about, well, can we move up? So we snatch him in the second round. And then Colorado got there before us. And, um, you know, for two years in Colorado, he's been bouncing back and forth. He's been on a destroyer uh, out in the Pacific Ocean. Um, You know, and he just hasn't ever been able to commit himself to being a professional soccer player. Um, And we think that now he's, he's, he's in the Naval Reserves and he's got some of those commitments straightened out. And now he can commit himself fully. And we think... You know, even at 24, uh, we potentially could get in one of the best prospects, you know, American prospects as a center back, 
and uh, you know our coaching staff. I feel very, very strongly about their ability to develop a player like that and get him to be a, a starting center back in the league. And if you think that we spent a third-round draft pick on that, I think you feel very, very good about it. So, of course, it's up to him. He's going to have to come in here, and he's going to have to, to, to do well and commit himself and develop. But we feel the raw tools and, uh, and the ability is there. Um, I want to before we get to the we'll get to the draft, um, which is the big ticket item of the day. But right after taking the job here, you went down to Costa Rica, and then that game got uh, or the, one of the games at least you were trying to go to got postponed. Uh, but you've been scouting, and yep. so I'm, how how's the scouting been? Uh, has it has it been more than Costa Rica for you? It's been yeah, it's been more, um, and uh, you know it, it's it's a real process. It's a process where you have some ideas before you go down there. Um, you watch the game. Some of those ideas are thrown in the trash heap. Some of them are supported. New ideas, new players come to you, and uh, you know. So then you you know you you sort of retabulate everything, and and you go back, put them on a board. Uh, and and try to figure out what value they have to you and what do you have to, to give up to get them. So that's where we are, and, and Manny and, and Adrian have also been very busy traveling. Uh, the rest of our staff, from our academy director through you know upcoming uh, assistant coaches, which will be announced, those guys have been very, very busy. And um, you know I think we're, we're, we have a very, very good list of working players that we think uh, add value to, to Minnesota United. Now it's a matter of us figuring out how to get them and how to acquire them and, and you know how much it'll cost to do that. But I think we feel good about the process where we are right now. And there's a lot of spinning plates, obviously, with with everything going on from where you can pull players. Did you come away from, from any of those trips thinking, uh, part, and you, I don't want you to talk about particular players, but right. coming away thinking, I saw a player, and I'm really excited to go back and tell Manny and, and, and Adrian about it, or is it more you see some good things, you see some bad things, and you've got to weigh it? Did well, you come away with anyone? I'm going to say this, Wes. With modern technology now, I don't have to wait till I get back. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, actually yeah. call really? them. Yeah. You said the telegram? Such a, the world's <laughs> flat. Telegraphs, yeah. Yep, yep. Good old Thomas Friedman. So, uh, yeah. We, uh, yeah, so we're able to call and uh, talk about it and you know, funny enough, they can go on their computer and through the scouting software, then go look at the player. Ten minutes after, I get off the phone with them. So, um, you know, we uh, absolutely, you know, I could even tell you a couple times I call them during games. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and again, then it becomes a matter of is there better out there? How much does it cost? Where are they going to fit? Uh, you know, certainly before Adrian was on board, it was. You know, is this a player that can fit multiple positions, multiple formations? And then now that Adrian's here, is this a player, you know, that fits a need of, of Adrian? So, you know, both of those, you know, all of that's important. And, uh, you know, that's the process that collectively Manny, uh, Adrian, and I work through. Uh, let's talk about the draft then. Um, you guys have been going through multiple layers of mock drafts and pre preparing for what you think Atlanta will do. Um, what you'd like to do, the various things, how well, I know we just talked about this in the press conference, but from your perspective, um, how close to your dream draft did this go? It w I mean, uh, there was a point last night, pretty late, where we thought we had closed in on three uh, prospects. 
and we put those on the board, you know, with a zillion other notes, but we kind of cleared everything out, looked at those three players and thought, if we, if we get these three players and nothing with our, our next two picks, we'll have felt it was a satisfactory draft. We got those three players, and we got two more that we weren't sure were going to be available. That should tell you that we feel like it was a fantastic draft for yeah. us. Now, if you go back and you look, um, you know, I did this in Portland, and you look at all these other places, and, uh, you know, a year or two from now, there's maybe one player on the roster. Um, New York City FC, there's Jason Hernandez, but I think they haven't redone his, you know, redone his contract. Tommy McNamara was a great pick, pick up for them. Um, and then Orlando, Pedro Ribeiro is, is out now. I, I, they had ten picks each, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they've, you know, that there's many players left on the roster. I think we're going to end up here in two, three years, potentially with all five players on the roster. The most likely, you know, are very likely three. And if we're able to do that, I think it's, you know, one of the best expansion drafts around. Well, you especially then um, made it upgrade. In, in theory, by trading away um, your first pick, Chris Duvall, then to Montreal for a player that they initially had protected. Mm-hmm. Um, Venegas is a, a young Costa Rican uh, attacking player, but how, how do you go through and suddenly say, how do we go about getting a player that a team has clearly said is one of their 11 most important and then try to acquire them on a day where they assume they're safe? Well, you call that team and you say, what will it take to... Is there anybody you like here and what it'll take to get the player? And then you hope that you have the, you know, for us being second pick in the expansion draft, then you hope that you have a chance to take that player. So we went through that process and, you know, sometimes it's a painful piece because they overvalue their player or we overvalue our expansion pick and you hammer it out. Sometimes you don't hammer it out. And then, uh, you know, you get to a point where both parties feel good about it. I guarantee Montreal feels great about the move that they made, uh, and we feel great about the move that we made. So, it, you know, you hope, I think, that trades are win-win. I think this one was, and I, uh, you know, I think we move forward with a, what we think is an important piece for us, and they move forward with, with an important piece for them. What do you see in, in Johan Venegas that... Um, is it Venegas, by the way? Yeah. Okay. What do you see in, in Venegas that, um, that you really wanted... Well, I, I will say this. I had uh, Venegas caused us massive difficulty in the CONCACAF Champions League playing for Alajuela against D.C. United. So, um, you know, we, we lost our quarterfinal series to them in 2015. I was, you know, I put together the pre-match or pre-series scout and must have watched uh, Alajuela play seven, eight, nine times on video and he was a handful and we knew that scouting and he proved to be that particularly down in Costa Rica when we got thumped 5-2 so um, I liked him uh, you know converse or subsequently Adrian is down with his staff in Orlando and they're wishing that they could get hold of, of Venegas they see him as a player that they scouted pretty heavily you know and then Manny's seen him and likes him too so all of a sudden we conver- converged all three you know, all three of us, having come from different places, all aligning on the fact that we think uh, Johan Venegas is, is a very good player in this league. And the funny thing is, is he's been decent for Montreal. He's been pretty good, but we think his, you know, he can get a lot better. The adjustment period, the makeup of their roster, the way Adrian's going to play, we think that his best soccer in, in MLS is coming. 
Um, you know, we don't. Have, we won't go through all the all the players, but Mohamed Saeed is another player who stands out as a, a, a pretty um, a, a, someone who you would think would be really in in line to be a starter right away. Um, can, can you tell us a, a little bit about what you see in his game? Well, you know, if you're playing three in central midfield, you know, which Adrian's done in the past and certainly is a consideration, he can play any of the three positions. He can play as, as a holder, which he did in, in uh, Columbus at times when Will Trapp was out with a concussion. You can drop him between the center backs and start your attacks. He can play as an eight where he, he's got a great motor, he's very fit, he can get up and down. And he played underneath, uh, you know, Kai Kamara actually against us in D.C. and, and you know, helped the last game of the season in 2015, you know, he was an integral part to, to the weapon we got from them. So he's really versatile. We play a diamond in central, you know, diamond in your midfield. He can play as one of the wide guys tucking in, and he's just versatile, and he's good. He doesn't give away possession cheaply. Uh, he can move a ball from A to B really well, both passing and running with it. Um, he's good age. He's got experience in the league. Everybody in Columbus, you know, that we talked to loved him in the locker room. You know, we think we were very surprised that he was unprotected, and we were thrilled that we, 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 could, we could select him. When you were, you just, were you up in Toronto for the Cup? For I wasn't, cup? no. Okay, then I won't ask about this. <laughs> Never mind. Well, then, what do you see as you're looking ahead here? Obviously, this isn't the end of acquiring players by any right. stretch. Um, you mentioned the Super Draft out there is going to be a big point of focus, as, right. which is coming up in exactly a month. So then, what's next? For the well, future? I mean, I think you can you can start to to put our roster on the board, and you can you know uh, you can say you know our roster versus Atlanta, for example, and they they have some big money spent on some big players in big positions. We haven't done any of that, so we have some real pieces uh, to go out and acquire, and that should be exciting for Minnesota United fans. It's exciting for us as a as a technical staff trying to get the right guys in there. But, again, we feel like we have a good core of players and we haven't even gone out and, and you know, really taken our pocketbooks for a spin. So um, I think, you know, I think we're going to get some, some good players. Now we got to get the right good players, and those players have to, you know, fit with MLS, and they got to play well and stay healthy. And so, you know, there's a lot to – until we, you know, get over the finish line. But, um, but we feel, you know, we feel like we're – we have a good core in place, and now we can we can you know take some some chances. Do you have any trips coming up? Uh, the, the yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's been a kind of crazy crazy time for you, and it won't stop being crazy for right. uh, a couple of years now. But um, <laughs> uh, you're still your family's still in D.C. though, right? Family's still in D.C. They come um, in summertime. Is that yeah? Yep, yep. My wife is is a, is an economist, and she has a uh, she's got a job. She's got a really good job, yeah. and she's, in my opinion, doing really important work. And so, uh, and so, we're gonna let her keep doing some of her research. And uh, my kids are very, very settled there. Um, one of them's in school, and so we'll I'll bounce back and forth best I'm able to do both jobs. The more important job being a father and a husband. Um, but this one a really important job as well, and and uh, we'll get everybody here. She's from Minnesota, so we're excited to get our, our roots planted here again. Um, but there's some time between now and then, and you know, we'll do our best. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, uh, guys. We'll, we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks.
Welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. Uh, it was good to talk to Amos uh, and get his take on, on quite a lot. So much has been happening for those guys. Um, and interesting to say how much he really thought of Greenspan, uh, which I hadn't hadn't put that together, that he had experience with Greenspan in the past. Um, uh, we'll also add to the, the Venegas talk. Well, let's just start here. Yeah. We want to talk about the draft. I'm sorry. Because he's kind of our first pick anyway. Yeah, and so the draft... Uh, it seems like talking to everyone around the team went, ex- you know, as good as they could have dreamed. Um, and so the first pick surprised everyone from from uh, Atlanta, which is Donnie Toya, um, which meant that no one could pick up Domodoro. I'm sure they would have tried. To, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no one wanted, tried to go for the older players. But uh, Minnesota United took Robert Duvall. Uh, I know his name is Chris Duvall, but. I'm glad we traded him because I would have called him Robert Duvall the whole time. And then traded him by the, you know, before they came down and gave their interviews, they, they were trading him away to for Johan Venegas in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems very excited about this pick. I think that was a fantastic pickup. Um, at first, when I saw the uh, Chris Duvall pick come in, I, I looked at it and thought it was a spite move. I'll be completely honest. You know, I, I thought that that was something that uh, they... We're then going to try to leverage to trade him to Atlanta because he's from Georgia. He fills, I mean, they need defenders. He's a really good defender, and uh, I think he and Donnie Toya could have actually played in the same lineup. But instead, they recognize need. They. It sounds like all three, um, Adrian Manny and uh, Amos, had all wanted uh, Johan Venegas for quite some time. Yeah. And so this was just a way to do it. Uh, Montreal just lost a starting fullback. We drafted a starting fullback. Yeah. Let's make that trade. They had, tar- they had all targeted Venegas a long time ago and, and wanted to pick him up. Uh, it, I haven't been able to piece together in talking to them how this, when this came about, when they hatched the idea of using this. Um, but it, it, it's great. Venegas was fantastic. And as someone pointed out, uh, Venegas also kicked the U.S.'s ass mm-hmm. uh, in, yeah. in the, the Copa America. Um, and so uh, I think and may have been... In the qualifiers. Oh, in the qualifiers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Copa America. Right, we, right. We in the qualifiers. Before. And so Venegas, uh, we can all thank for uh, getting rid of Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> um, and so th- that's a fantastic pickup. The rest of um, Minnesota United's pickups... Um, I'm going to be honest, surprise me. Other than the Jeff Attenella, which yeah. I thought that he might be a pickup because he'd be available later on. No mm-hmm. one else is going to pick up another uh, RSL, RSL pick. And uh, I knew that Manny really thinks highly of Attenella. After the, uh, so the second pick was Houston central midfielder uh, Colin, Colin Warner. Warner, who's like a true defensive midfielder. And as I was waiting for that pick to come in, because uh, Zach Lloyd, one of our top prospects uh, yeah. between the two of us that we thought in central defense, from FC Dallas went to Atlanta. And so I was looking at it and saying, okay, we're three picks in. We've identified Steve Badisher and Clint Irwin as two of probably the top five players unprotected, and they're on the same team. So I assumed one of them would be going next. And as it turns out, instead we get a former Toronto FC player in Warner who, um, I mean, he, he started 24 matches for Houston in 2016. Houston, uh, mind you, was not the strongest of uh, player teams, sorry, but I think Warner is a true enforcer. He's a young player. Again, all five players that were acquired, if you include Johan Venegas instead of Christy Ball, are between the ages of 22 and 28. So they, they fit right into that age where they still have room to grow or they're just in their prime right now. Well, and, and what, you, what we learned from this, uh, from everyone's approach this time around, is that um, 
there were a lot of good experienced people out there that, that could have been had someone uh, even we talked about Raymond Gaddis um, but only but all of the guys picked except for two were bargain basement you know mm-hmm. Zach Lloyd makes $200,000 uh, um, Colin Warner is one seventy five or something like that yeah um, they are all pretty pretty cheap pickups and um, I think before the trades before the trade, Minnesota United, their cap hit was 507000 and Atlanta was $512,000. Um, pretty, so people opted for these kind of cheaper uh, contracts. Maybe they think that they'll be able to get these other players through waivers or through other trades. You'd have and, to expect so. Yeah, because the, the players who earn more money, um, either they're still going to be on the roster and protected, or teams are leaving them available for a reason. Yeah. And so I, th- I think, as we heard from Amos, now they're going to start to open up the pocketbooks. Now they're going to look at these trips that they took, hopefully, yeah. to Central America, South America, other places, and then they can finally be able to splash the cash right. or bring in free agents, which that starts in like 30 minutes from when we're recording this right, right now. Mohamed Saeed uh, from Columbus Crew is another central midfielder. Uh, a lot of Columbus fans very upset at losing him, and uh, it sounded to me in the in the post match interviews that um, that Minnesota was really excited. Adrian Heath was very excited about Saeed and what the way that he could connect. Uh, play between the, the back line and, and the Oh, it's the tough front. not to be. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, also 26. He's an international player. He's from Sweden. Uh, and, and you said with Venegas, that's a that's a second international player, correct? So yeah. uh, United now has two international slots filled. But when you look at Saeed, I mean, he can play in any spot in the midfield. I think that he's best if he's in that central spot, so either as an eight, so like a box-to-box guy, or as a six who's right in front of the defense. And, I mean, he had five assists last year playing from a deep-lying role, which means that he's a really accurate passer, and he's able to recognize attacking possibilities from further back in the pitch. And I think that for an Adrian Heath team that relies so much on players out wide and then forward staying in the box, being able to have those guys who are able to pass it in and recognize that from so far behind is invaluable. It doesn't hurt that he's also uh, uh, Eritrean and uh, that they will have a very good time getting him to connect with the East African community and particularly the Eritrean uh, community in Minnesota. Um, we talked about Jeff Atnell a little bit. He's a player I've always liked since uh, being jealous that he kicked our ass. He's probably the best second goalkeeper in the league. I think he's ready for a start. I think he was a steal from Real Salt Lake. I think they will be depressed as hell um, to lose him. And then you've got this pick, Femi Hollinger-Jensen, did you a name on everyone's team? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, did you know a damn thing about him? No, before this? okay, I did not. He did play 19 matches this season, mostly as a substitute. All but one as a substitute. Right. Yep. I did remember that uh, he he played so 270. I did a little research as I'm working on my piece uh, for MLS on this. He did. He got 270 minutes across those 18 appearances. He scored twice and he got an assist. Yeah. Um, and that's over the equivalent of three games of play. Now, obviously, that's an imperfect metaphor because it's like he scored twice off the bench and he. Tries, but he does have an upside. He is somebody who's a true target forward, so he's a, a strong player. I look, I don't think he's quite, or that Adrian Heath, who's done well with players like Dom Dwyer, Kyle Laren, 
none of them quite have the mold of what right. Femi brings. And so yeah. I think it's a really intriguing possibility. I think he could be the Patrick Mullins of this draft. Well, that's certainly what the Bent, Bent Musket uh, said, and, and particularly of, of losing a player like Pat, Patrick Mullins is why they said it. Um, Femi... Uh, if you've got Femi and then you draft Ebobise, though, you've got two really young prospect uh, strikers. I am i don't think that bodes well for Christian Ramirez coming back, because I think at some point you need a you need a, a, a more a 30-year-old striker in there to throw in. Yeah. Um, but we, we'll see. I, I, I think that if you look at, if you compare this, and we talked to, to Amos about this, if you compare this to previous expansion drafts, right now it looks pretty good. And I think even at the time, even at the time, two years ago, the expansion draft didn't look this good. No. You know, it's much easier to have hindsight to know that Donovan Ricketts uh, was was going to die. Although people <laughs> people knew that he was he, his legs were falling off. Right. Um, let's talk about Atlanta because Atlanta did some weird weird crap. You know. Well, first off, the weirdest thing that they did uh, was tweeted out a picture of their war room. Yes. Oh, my God. They're Donald Trump-esque. Uh, all you needed was, I was waiting for Baron to be shown in the, Baron <laughs> Trump in the background with a, with a lion, riding a lion. It was, um, it was a hilarious uh, juxtaposition, the, the photos between the Atlanta United war room, which looked straight out of this kind of bizarre, the apprentice scene. And then Minnesota, they picked, they didn't even pick their biggest conference room, I don't think. They're all they're all in there. It has this um, we're about to get Bin Laden look to it. Thirty <laughs> computers out there. I, weirdly enough, Hillary Clinton was in the room holding yeah, just, her mouth just it the was, entire time. Yeah, I mean, we try to find her. It's tough to find her. You can find her at a supermarket, but you don't know where Hillary is. Otherwise, yeah. she was in the Minnesota United War Room, and I think we answered two key questions today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least she got a gig after after the the election. They picked up Zach Lloyd, as we mentioned. I really like Zach Lloyd. I think he's a great pickup. He will be very good for them. Donnie Toya uh, is also, uh, he surprised me as going number one. I couldn't tell if Adrian Heath was joking in the, the after, in the post-draft interview. He had said before that we know exactly, not he alluded to saying, or, or indicated that they knew exactly who Atlanta would pick first. Did you get the sense that he was joking when he said it kind of went the way they, they right. thought? I think, I think he was joking. I mean, everyone started laughing as soon as he said it, too, and as soon as we asked the question. I, it, it's really tough for me to look at this Donnie Toya pick. First off, Toya, young fullback, I think he's a quality player. I don't think that when you look at the other players available... I don't think that he was the kind of player you say, that's who you need to take first. Granted, yeah. Donovan Ricketts was the first overall pick in the last expansion draft, so what do we know? But it did feel a bit to me like they were just as worried that we would acquire a Harry Ship or a, um, like a Calamalis, and that they were also kind of protecting and gaming I don't gaming think they were worried about bit. us getting but, Calamalis. But if you but look at it, yeah, probably not Callum. No but Harry, Callum. I think so. And if you look at it, you know, it's you have to rank how much you want these players... Uh, compared to how much the other team will want either that player or another player on their current roster. And so I think they if, were really worried if, the ship would yeah. go first and they needed to take Toya right if, away. If they were, if that were the case, I would say that would be really stupid on their part. Uh, I mean, you have to go into this draft and go, who's our number one? Who's the best player we can pick? You know, mm -hmm. you can't play counter. Because you... Because you can control the board. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what the other person does. You know, they might take your pick. It was clear that 
Heath did say that at no point were they really scrambling because they, they, they had a player picked. No, they weren't going for each other's players here, um, which, which helped, helped Minnesota quite a bit. I do think, um, but it, it doesn't even sound like they thought uh, Cristobal, Atlanta would take Cristobal because it didn't sound like Cristobal suddenly fell on their lap and they were like, you know, clapping their hands. Right. It did seem things did seem to line up for them. Uh, Atlanta took er, uh, Clint Irwin and um, Alec Khan, not Oliver Khan. Um, <laughs> two goalkeepers. They already have Brad Guzan coming in. They have the Greek guy already signed. They just held on to Sean Johnson for a sweet hour before trading yeah. him away. So. I would suspect that at least Irwin, probably Irwin and Khan, are both being uh, being shipped out and traded away. So it's hard to hard to rank how they did there. Mikey Ambrose is a uh, defender from Orlando City. Um, hasn't really played much for Orlando City, so maybe they saw something there. Um, it wasn't enough that uh, Heath wanted to double dip and, and go back and get him. So I guess overall... I. Again, no hindsight involved with this whatsoever. But I think this is the first part of the process of actual roster building you can look at and say, I think Minnesota did a little bit better and certainly did it. I mean, granted, we don't know what Minnesota's roster is, so we don't know if they're going to have better DPs or whatever, but I think this is the first time that an event happens and you can look at it and say, Minnesota really knew what they were doing. I think Minnesota walks out of this with three starters in my book, once you include the trade for Venegas, and I think that one, maybe two of these picks by Atlanta will be starters. So you think their starters are Venegas, Saeed, and Atanella? That's right. And then Colin Warner, I mean, he would be a starter. I mean, he's the age that he should be out there. Right. He's making enough. Yeah. You, you think, I mean, I guess I think what I, you're not saying is that you suspect that he might still be traded. I think Warner is a trade candidate. I also could see him being a player who, you know, comes off the bench. Saeed's passes aren't doing quite right. You need to lock down the defense, something yeah. like that. You bring in Warner. Um, it, it's impossible to grade Atlanta because... Who knows what they'll trade Irwin and Khan for? They may be Venegas level trades, um, but you're right. I mean, I, even let's not compare Minnesota and Atlanta. Minnesota came out of this with um, a pretty damn good day. You know, yeah. they they still need to pick up uh, quite a few starters. They have a lot of young players on this team. They need. They need a, a marshal in their uh, center back. Yeah. Or you know? Brad Evans just in the locker room. Yep, they need they need people to hold that down. They also need really um, guaranteed creative players. Um, they don't quite have that yet. But they only have eight players. We do think it, it sounds like uh, I will win this bet and there will be 11 <laughs> players before Friday. Um <laughs> But who knows? There's there are so many spinning plates. It's really hard to hard to tell at this point. Yeah. So. But I'm I again. I mean, I'm happy with how this turned out. Uh, even though we didn't pick any with our ten mock draft picks, we did not draft any of these guys. No. They. <laughs> I mean, we're we're idiots. But we are apparently, idiots. everyone's an idiot. Um, uh, let, let's go on this. There was also the groundbreaking yesterday. I did not go to it because I prioritized this, and I'm very glad I made that choice. But you were at the groundbreaking. Uh, anything you got from that? Um, the process started. I, you know, it, I think that a lot of people there are very excited about it. Um, I spoke with the, the, the commissioner, Don Garber, for a little bit about uh, expansion talk. I guess there's going to be an announcement on Thursday regarding their timeline. So an announcement about future announcements, but 
uh, otherwise, I mean, it's just the ball's rolling. At yeah. least, you know, it, and that's uh, that's progress in itself too. So, a uh, really exciting start to the week for United fans, I would imagine, and um, gives us something to talk about besides just does Carl Craig still have a job? Are there any Cosmos that you'd want to take? Yeah, exactly. um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the one thing I'll say, I did go to the St. Paul Chamber of Commerce event that Minnesota United held that night, and um, they had it was it's gargantuan. It was um, this big book of blueprints that was probably two and a half feet by two feet, uh, you know, with 300 pages. Uh, in it was, on the north end, restaurant, a big beer garden that they're, they're planning inside, uh, which is pretty exciting. I'll try to write an article on that and, and dig into that a bit more. There's been talk for a long time. We've talked about this, I think, mm-hmm. um, that something like that would happen. I think originally I, was, I thought it was going to be on the west end. Um, this would be very exciting. It was also just sexy, just looking at the looking at, at the pictures. There's still no real timeline to when this is going to get built. We're not going to see a game in that stadium until 2019, though. I would feel pretty confident about that. I think there's a, a chance it could be open late summer 2018. You know, but one game, right. one game maximum, and I don't think that. Yeah, I, I think that that's it. I doubt it. And that's an optimistic timeline, just as far as like construction, because there would be um, a second Minnesota winter involved in this, and yeah. you know you can't predict that. Yeah. Um, well, this has uh, you know been been a really exciting day. Um, my name is Wes Berdine. I'm on Twitter at mnnicefc. Jeff, where where you're just? I am just. At Jeff Ruder. Oh, great. Um, you can also send me longer questions, Westberdine at 55.1. Uh, thank you for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or on uh, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever you listen to. Um, I think I'm one of like 10 people who uses Stitcher, but uh, that's my thing, so screw you. Uh, thanks so much, and go check out all the coverage on 55.1. Leave comments there. We really want to... Uh, have a conversation that's uh, you know a lot of fun there and um, looking forward to doing more of these in the future. 